This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Futurology, everybody. My name is Brett Sinclair. Um, yes, the African digital disruptor and squirrel rocker is back. We're really excited today. Um, uh, one of our guests today is an absolute superstar. He's been on our show a number of times, but before I get to him, I wanted to say hello to my dear friend, Brett. Hey, Brett. How are you doing, Brett? Oh, I can't complain, Brett. I think this is a good time to introduce Brett, Brett. Yes, hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Mr. Brett Lopesha. Brett's. Brett's three Brett's. Brett's. Yeah, it sounds like a joke. Sounds three, ridiculous. Three Brett's in a sound room. Yeah, three three Brett's walk into a sound room. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like a bar, yeah. and we all go, ow. <laughs> Okay. I don't want to hear part of this joke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm immediately it's not terrible. liking this. This got really old really fast. Well, at least Mike's but, got his top on because Mike is not here today. No, and we, we had a, a show recently where it was just Mike and I. And I must say it was very focused. So just the it two was, of you spoke to each other. So you were no, just no. having a meeting no, and we, you threw some mics in. No, we had uh, just one mic. We had the guys talking <laughs> about the, 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 the physical reboot. Oh, yes. And uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was... So that was an Absa store, huh? Yes, it was. How freaking cool is that? And four and a half hours, they flipped an entire store using Agile, the Agile methodologies, within a physical space. And everybody's like, how on earth did you do that? And did you see the amount of games that they had? They had a bunch of foosballs. And, oh, wow. I mean, very cool. You can take so, a selfie in the bank because the bank is cool enough to take selfies in. But, and then you get arrested as you walk out, right? Why? Because you took a photo in the bank. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to get over that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's so lame. Um, so I'm really because, excited today, right? We're yeah. going to talk about... Um, us. Us. Yes. Brits or just humans? Just humans. Sapiens. Uh, sapiens. sapiens. So mm. topic denier is a future of sapiens. Um, we got Brett in because he's, you know, that kind of guy. He's absolutely passionate you about humans. You qualify because you're a sapien. You're a sapien. Yeah, well, I know, what he's trying to say subtly is that I'm a nerd. The, exactly. I, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was going to come up. It is. It always is. Mm. And you know what I said? He's actually, he's got an implant, but he's not willing to tell us where. <laughs> I do not have an implant. And even if I did have, I would most certainly not tell you where. <laughs> well, at this point, I need to ask the guest if he'd like to reboot. There's only one, no, there's only one reason I don't actually have an implant. It's because I can't afford one at this point. But I'm working my way toward it. I'm first in line. So John Thomas isn't an implant. <laughs> no, no, that's a family friend. How do you know him? Not that familiar with him. <laughs> I'll see. I would assume not. <laughs> anyway, so that's a good start. I'm really impressed, guys. Should we do a safety start just to be safe? Should we do a safety start? Yeah. Nah. Nah, okay. Thank God. I thought for a second you said the safety dance. Uh, I can't remember the words. That was in the dance. 80s. Who can dance? If you want to. <laughs> That's really okay, now we should okay. do a safety start. One hundred percent agree. Okay, well, that was three minutes of uh, your life that you're never going to get back. But thank you for listening to the Futurology Show. If uh, you are listening, there are other shows that you can listen to. Uh, yeah. If the first three minutes of this one hasn't grabbed your attention yet, just give us some time because it is going to go somewhere. We are talking Future of Sapiens with Mr. Brett Loebscher. Um But yeah, the podcasts are alive and well. They're all still online. So if you want to go check them on iTunes, uh, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And you can tweet us. Oh, he's going to say it. Say it. At say Futurology it. Show. Ah, and whatever hashtag legend. you feel grabs your attention once you've got uh, with the characters you have left after you said at Futurology, Futurology Show. Yeah. So that usually ends up just being a thumbs up. <laughs> Yay! We got criticized by Brett Comal saying, guys, you take the virtual comedians in actually typing the hashtag the Futurology Show. Yeah. Sorry. You should have been cool like all those tech companies that just like take all the vowels out. Mm. So I, I think we should do something like Futurology should Isn't But I thought Twitter was working on this I think they're going to stop counting the at handle As part of the character level. Did you hear what he just said? Did you hear what Mr. Brett Loebscher just said? He said at handle <gasps> My man, high five What's it's an at handle, Brett mm. Sinclair So do you say at handle Futurology show or do you say at It, it is an at handle, show. correct? I have no idea, and I can't believe I've taken sides this early on in the podcast. So, even yeah, we just, no, I just high-fived. No, 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 no. go back a few podcasts. I just, just want to know what he does. Did you do anything to do with chat or social at all in this business? I do, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, dabbled. Dabbled. Apparently, you can't call it a hashtag, and you can't say at handle, and you can't at handle. It's can't ass. say on the line. I mean, come on, guys. Where are we at? Um, are you going to take like this photo and put it on the line? This is going to be forever. <laughs> this, is, this is never going to go away. It's but never yes. going to go away. Okay. Anyway. Inside hashtag. Jokes. What Mike said. Oh, Mike? he's not here. Nah. So <laughs> future of sapiens. Future of sapiens. I think we need to go back to go forward, though. Mm. I mean, in, in this story, anyway. 
I mean, mm. we've gone from sapiens and I'm just going to jump into this, but sapiens and caves yes. being able to tell stories. Mm. Is that where they got the, the, the drawings from, right? Well, that's where emojis come from, isn't, isn't it? Like in Roan Hill. Uh, Roan Hill? Roan Hill. <laughs> just next to the Virgin Gym. There's a bunch of paintings there. Yes, apparently. We don't know how old they are, really. Uh, it's probably a bunch it's of It's still kids. a story. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. So um, you are passionate about Sapiens, right? The book. And yes. I can never ever say the author's name. Uh, Noah Yuval Harari. What a flippin' legend. I watched one of his TED shows mm. the other day. Uh, it inspired me to um, get the audiobook. It's fantastic. So, uh, after I'm on chapter four, and I'm just blown away. Mm, I've been pushing everyone in my team to read this book. I think it's, for, for me personally anyway, probably the most important book I've read in the last ten years. Okay, so give us some details. I know it's all about stories so far. It's about how we differentiate for, from all the other homos. That does sound kind of bad. But Hom- hominids. Hominids. That's, yeah, that's the word I bad. want. You see, you are a nerd, Brett. <laughs> I, I admit. <laughs> I knew I was going to learn words today. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> so all the other hominids. <laughs> Big word for Makes me. Makes it better. Makes it better. Or oh, that little nid at the end. Nid. Um, but also, it should be an honor, right? Like everyone goes homos, that's a bad thing. But actually, that's human, right? Yeah. The, the well, term homo is human. That's the thing. Sapien I, I think is, a lot of people don't. Uh, well, it, it, it was something that was highlighted to me in this book that um, the groups of hominids were actually in competition. Um, oh yes, that's right. In, in the way that other because it's not an actual evolution, right? Right. They're so, running in parallel. Yeah. So we, you know, you know, we talk about uh, Homo erectus and um, Homo sapiens, <laughs> which is us, the Sorry, one, the, that, the, the species that won out. You know what you just said? Um, like I, penetration. I, I but then also what was the penetration of the Homo erectus. But then also the Neanderthals. I'm co- completely going to ignore. That. <laughs> I think so. You and I can have a conversation. No, we're not going to get as long anywhere. as there's two out of three Brits paying attention. We <laughs> should be okay. You, I thought you'd just been on media training. You should be able to handle this. You can't. Just ignore me. <laughs> it's not supposed to waterboard the guest. <laughs> so um, the, the we, we won out over the other hominids because of what we were able to do. And the core of it is really what you were referring to now, which is our ability to um, use stories to mobilize us in larger and larger groups. That's the key to kind of everything. Because they said that the groups were kind of restricted to about 120, 150. The most people or hominoids that could fit into a group because – they weren't able to share story. Now, that it's, doesn't make sense, right, until you read the book, because I can tell you a story. Why would that expand my reach it, on it, the communities? It, it's slightly different. So this is mm. this is actually referred to as the Dunbar number. And what it mm. is is a number that is meant to quantify the number of social connections oh. any human being can have in their brain um, and keep the relationship meaningful. So, in other words, know something about the person. And it turns out that that number is almost hard. 27,433. No, around. Damn it. That's around, my LinkedIn number. That's close. So I don't know them that well. You are using LinkedIn wrong. <laughs> Just 100% not understanding yeah, how no. that product oh. works. <laughs> So what is the actual number? <laughs> Around 150. 150, okay. And you, the way this – I can't remember the um, the scientist's first name, but his, his last name is Dunbar. And the way he came about understanding that this number was some kind of limitation, and you can see it happening in nature, um, but also with uh, tribal uh, human societies that are found in kind of the Amazon and, and so on, is generally when the tribe reaches a size of around 120, 150 max people – it will split off in another tribal form because the social structure starts to break down. Okay. So we have kind of a physical limitation in terms of how our brain um, helps us to work together as a tribe. But our storytelling ability has superseded that. And it's the reason we're able to um, – even even if we were fighting 150 Neanderthals that were twice as strong as each of us, we could mobilize 5,000 people around an idea. Hence and things them. like religion. Right, exactly. So you, you're, you're yes. kind of giving someone to believe in it, and and I remember the, one of the examples he gives. He says, you know, when you we always try to compare it back to monkeys, right? Mm. And uh, a monkey will, um, it'll see the opportunity to grab a banana, and it'll learn to communicate to say, hey, there's a there's a line, mm. run, and everyone will run. But in the sapiens, um, you'll be able to say, listen, there are a bunch of bananas. Mm. That are sitting in heaven, mm. and it's unlimited amount of bananas, and it's incredible. So don't steal the one you have in front of you now. Just so don't steal the one in front of you. Wait, because you've got this amazing, and it's a big Or story. share the one you have in front of you mm. with everybody else. Correct. So you're telling a story. But if you're a monkey, you're going to sit there and go, 
yeah, I'm not going to believe that. Yet as sapiens, we start to believe these stories, and these stories are so in-depth and detailed mm. that I think he even started talking about corporations. Well, this is the thing. If you really, really are able to take a big step back, and it's part of the reason I love this book mm. so much, <clears throat> is it helps – the book helps you see very clearly that almost all of human society is based on fake structures now. Mm. The things that we take for granted, like a corporation, it's treated legally like another human being, but it doesn't exist in the real world. An if I ask you, what yeah. is Toyota? You it's a car. It's a, a car, but well, it's, it's a combination a of the cars it's and the people and that logo. and It's all of that stuff together, but is it something but real actual, in and of itself? Yeah, the actual entity is no. nothing. It's a piece of paper. But it is to us because we've associated, we've associated that. And it, it goes from uh, corporations right through to everything. And the, the part that I loved most of all, because we've been working on uh, you know mobile fintech products of late, is the idea of money. Mm. I mean, because it's all made up, right? Here's <laughs> here's is. the bottom line: money has value because we all agree it does. Trust That's the trust. only trust, reason. Trust, 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 and that is the core of why we are so successful as a species. Because we can give credence to these esoteric ideas that help us innovate and move forward as a as a team together. Just a side thought, then, on the financial side of it. I mean, Bitcoin at mm. the moment. I reckon the hyper. This is just me. The hyperinflated rate of growth of Bitcoin is due to sentiment. The fact that more humans are buying Bitcoin mm. and are therefore and talking about how supply. I bought Bitcoin. Have you got Bitcoin? Yep. Therefore, more people buy Bitcoin. And because yes. of that sentiment, everybody's buying it. That's why financial brokers don't trust it because it's all based on <laughs> uh, – Ironically, that it's, is what everything is based yes. on. It's just a matter okay. of can you achieve critical mm. mass or not. If you achieve so critical mass – more than mass, 150 people <laughs> start well, buying and it works. Uh, no. You can buy one tribe. I think from a market point of view, critical mass is a different story. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, here we're talking in millions of people because, you know, market dynamics are now understood in, at, at a global level. Okay. So it's very different in that context, I suppose. But once it reaches a certain sort of tipping point and it becomes real enough so that it's not going to go away, then it will stay. Okay. The risk that we sit with in the short term is – it is possible that it won't reach the tipping point, and then it will pop like the it biggest falls, bubble. Yeah, ever. it just falls yeah. apart, which yeah. is what I keep telling everybody with Bitcoin. Okay. Enjoy it while you've got it. <clears throat> Try not to have any knee-jerk reaction. Mm. <laughs> Look, I think whether Bitcoin itself Sorry, I didn't want to talk about Bitcoin the whole time. But uh, it was an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. Whether it survives or not is is um, unknown yeah. to all of us. But I think the principles upon which it's based, the uh, the blockchain stuff, yeah. it's absolutely the future. Oh yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That DLT yeah. stuff is is great. The um, has digital – we've probably got some, some questions to follow a proper path rather than philosophizing all the time. But has digital not expanded the size of a tribe? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's happened to us as individuals. Oh, the communities, right? Because, mm. I mean, I've got more Any than 150 social. friends on Facebook. I'd like to think I know most of them, more so than 150. This is so. the thing, you know. So part of the future of where humanity is going to go is this um, the idea of becoming a cyborg where you are using technology that is implanted in your body to augment your capabilities. The deep irony of it is, is we're all already cyborgs. Just because yeah, our cell phones yeah. aren't embedded in our bodies doesn't mean we're not using technology yeah, the whole time, right? to augment our brain's capability. Yeah. So, and that's exactly what you've just described. Yeah. Okay. You, have, you have more friends yeah. on, the, on your social networks than your brain can cope with, but because it helps you remember. I've enhanced my brain with exactly, my device. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. But we still analog according to Elon Musk because of our thumbs, right? Um, I don't know about the thumb story. Have you, have you heard what he said? He, mm. So he's going, you know, he's not too worried about the AI side of things. Oh, the speed of communication. Yet, because right. of the speed of communication, right. right? Yes. Your input is all HD, but your output is analog. Yeah. So until we've solved that problem, mm. um, he, you know, the, the singularity point is still quite a way off. I mean, what I'd love to see is that we start setting up thumb speed gaming competitions. Let, let, let's thumb take, wars, they did that. Vodacom did thumb wars a exactly, couple of years ago. But it wasn't about Going as fast as you could. Well, Try to turn your thumbs into HD, right? I don't know. I feel like the intellect's looking at me and going, geez, why am I on this show? But we've had... <laughs> I was like, dude, come on. Come on, I want to say... Evolve already, bro. You're come still on. just going... <laughs> but we had, we had Wayne Bishop on here a while back talking about the future of media. And, we, and there was one of the discussion points went into like how we're going to have nanobots injected into us that's going to know mm. things and interact with devices around us that'll... Tell us when we need to go get medicine because our temperature spiked and we're about to have a, a fever or something. Mm. But I tell you what, I'd, have, I'd have to get to know each nanobot. 
Buy me a drink, really me a drink first before I get an implant. <laughs> exactly. You can't. If you only have 150 nanobots, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Your tribe's a bit flat, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I mean, we're going to have these things that will actually communicate digitally mm. in the future. Let's, I mean, I'm not saying it's fact, but it's a good philosophy. Well, this is, uh, this stuff is based on the work of Reiko as well. Yes. Okay. And he's yeah. made some great he's predictions great, lately yeah. as well. Right. I mean, so all he does really is extrapolate the pace of technological change, um, assuming that the exponential growth curves that we see repeated over and over in every single technology domain are going to cons- uh, consistently continue. And he's extrapolating it out to the future and yeah. saying, you know, by, X year, we will have computers that are so small that they're microscopic and they will be able to communicate wirelessly. And so why not inject them into your body? I mean, if you, if you think about the health benefits of that, knowing 20 minutes before you're going to have a heart attack, that you're going to have a heart attack and getting yourself to the hospital, who wouldn't want that? And then Waze wakes up and says, hey, bro, you've got 20 minutes to get to the hospital. This is the route you should take. Countdown is on. Exactly. Are you in traffic? We've noticed that you aren't moving. Oh, it'll be like that uh, Stop Your Lucy thing on TV. Do you remember? <laughs> Where you've got Scott, Scott, Scott chasing. Scott, Scott. And then because it's on a helicopter. Who's the lady? While you're trying to get to the hospital. You had that blonde lady. Melanie. 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 Yeah. Oh, that was a good that. show. Well, they should bring that show back. They should bring it. Like, Didn't she have it. a backpack with a big antenna on the back? That's right. amazing. Pre cell phones. Now it would just be a guy running around with a cell phone, I guess. Or nanobots. Or nanobots. Sure. <laughs> the power of positive thought is getting me forward. Yes. But I mean, because it's contextually aware in the future, we're going to we're going to know that we're twenty minutes away from having a heart attack. Mm. We're going to be in the car on the way there, or the Uber will just arrive and it'll have a red light on. Well, it. Surely the nanobots. And on the way there, we're getting given uh, insurance, life insurance, and funeral <gasps> cover. On our, <laughs> the last minute of your life will actually not be your life flashing before your eyes. It'll be well, I mean, a bunch of transactions. <laughs> joking aside, this is part of the whole quantified self movement, and we've already already started the first steps of this. This is why people are publishing their Strava cycling route every time they go out on a bicycle. This is why people are monitoring what their sleep is like with their wearable I do that. watch or whatever. The, we've yeah. already started this. Yeah. So do all it is, okay? is is the next yeah. two or three steps. And before you know it, you've got a really meaningful data coming back saying, you know, whatever it is you ate half an hour ago, it's really messing with your system. You should probably avoid that in future. You know, and it wow. sounds like this really ridiculous, wild thing, but we're on the path already. This, it's inevitable that we end up there. Now, have you ever had to piss out one of these nanobots? That was a proper you, That was a proper piss. Yeah, but if you ever had to piss out one of these nanobots, I'm pretty sure that would be a whole new problem that medical, medical science would well, have to... I don't to, think like, it's that big. It's not like you're going to give birth to no, a No, but these are the nanobots. thoughts. I mean, I'm, just, I'm playing dumb here, but like, these are the thoughts of the layman. They're yeah, like, I've, you're had, put, uh, I've had kidney stones twice. Yeah. I fear nothing <laughs> from the nanobots. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. No, like, Claw your way <laughs> through my urethra. So the Blood way, is temporary. The way, uh, the way Kurzweil talks about this stuff is that these bots will actually be the size of red blood cells. You're not mm. even going to notice. Awesome. Mm. That's quite scary. And how many would we need? Um, Don't prob- say 150. Probably billions. Billions. Wow. They would be throughout your blood system. That's the thinking anyway. So we've got, what, eight liters or eight pints of blood in our body. Yeah. Are we going to like substitute one pint of that with potential nanobots, making us pretty much cyborg? I do not know. I think we're getting come on in, into the weeds here. I don't yes. know. No, but I mean, let's, let's explore the future. We don't need to get it right. That's yeah. the wonderful thing about studying the future. We can kind of take learnings and things and make a few assumptions. But I mean, the the idea is that these things could physically always repair live. stuff. They could always live in your body, right? Yes, make they copies could, of themselves, and they don't sleep. <gasps> Imagine if you could background process with the nanobots that are inside your body so while you are sleeping mm. you are still actively thinking about things that will be delivered to you when you wake up hmm. you could write a document yeah no you just say okay nanobots sleep. this is the brief contextualize and extrapolate and then in the morning you wake up and be like yeah that was pretty clever i know kung fu well that that's very interesting because now up your bed though <laughs> your wife's probably beaten your wife's it. missing because the uber arrived at two o'clock in the morning after you slapped her in the throat <laughs> Mm. No, sorry, but that's anyway, okay. Sidetrack. Let's bring it back. <laughs> to what? <laughs> Where were we? Um, well, we were in caves at one point. He was playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually lost track of the sapiens uh, part. No, actually, let's pull it back to there. I'd like to actually push that a little bit further on how um, 
that story. Mm. So, mm. Uh, do you guys know Justin Cohen? He came into the office the other day. He does a big show around story mm. and the psychology of the story and how it affects mm. different parts of your mind. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I don't know if he's actually read Sapien because uh, I mm. met him before I read the Sapiens. And I found it fascinating that everyone's starting to realize, A, the power of the story from a persuasion, i.e. sales, mm, yep. or from generating the culture within an organization. And I demanding mean, attention due to relevance. Wow. Yes. Like, because exactly you that. can tell as many stories as you want, but if the audience you're telling it to is a bit, I don't care. They don't care. Done. You, you've, uh, the getting the right with, tribe. The key with uh, effective storytelling is engaging emotionally. This is why stories work because yeah. and, and why we remember them. Yeah. Stories worth sharing. I, think I, I love stories, though. I love telling stories. But I think that's why TED, the TED Talks and stuff, all those it's kinds of things start to work so well. is because they're real people talking about real challenges that other people are mm. are experiencing. So immediately you've hit on the – whether it be the heartstrings or the intellectual strings of the people listening. But there's a downside to this, right? There's a story. So think about the stories like um, uh, fashion magazines. Mm-hmm. Those are stories that are – are also fake, right? Because all the women in there are basically photoshopped and you've got a bunch of young girls who are watching all of this and, and the women's psyche are being affected to the point where we're starting to see things like plastic surgery. I mean, is that not us artificially changing ourselves based on mm. stories? And you, I mean, I'd love to see how far artificial kind of surgery will take, right? Because... Maybe in the future you could pick what you want to look like. Well, you you almost certainly will be able to do that. Um, you know, we face off. the the, the mm-hmm. uh, foundations um, mm-hmm. for the technology that would be required to do that are already in place. Mm-hmm. So, what on the face off style kind of thing? Well, genetic uh, modification using the CRISPR. Oh yes, uh, CRISPR. Technology. What do you know about CRISPR? Um, so, uh, the short version of what CRISPR is is it's a um, a technology that was discovered um, in which proteins, a specific prote- protein called the Cas9 protein. Yeah. So you'll see whenever people talk about CRISPR, um, the acronym is horrible. I can't mm. remember it. It's something redundant, interspersed. It's the worst acronym. But it even sounds ever. terrible, like you're going to crisp yourself. So what it is is CRISPR is the technology <clears throat> and Cas9 is the protein. What this okay. protein is good at is taking DNA Isolating a very specific uh, strand of DNA, cutting it out, and re- and then replacing it with another piece of DNA. And the reason that this protein exists in our bodies naturally is it is a way for our bodies to identify virus DNA. And the way it's worked in the past is when your body has fought off a specific virus and it understands what the code in the DNA looks like, it injects this into your own body's DNA so that it can identify that virus when it comes in again sure. and attack it in the right way. So send the right types of antibodies to take it out. So <clears throat> the um, the interesting thing with what the CRISPR technology does is it gives us the ability to swap out pieces of DNA code at will Extru- with extreme precision. Like literally cutting with a bunch of scissors. So the idea of having DNA a level. designer baby where you say – this baby is going to be six foot two, yeah. blue eyes, brown hair, muscular, fast twitch muscle fibers. We know which um, parts of our DNA code actually cause those outcomes. You could manufacture a human being to become something beforehand. Uh, th- there's, there's a sequence that I'm missing in the DNA kind of conversation with this, CRISPR, is that we manipulate a DNA strand. Mm-hmm. Surely our entire bodies are made of... Billions and billions and billions of these DNA strands, right? Yes. How does it replicate? Your cells are making copies of themselves all the time. So you have to – look, I mean, this is why most of the technology that's being spoken about now is at the the fetus level. Yeah. Because then if you you modify the DNA – with uh, a handful of cells, so dozens of cells instead of the, the trillions that make yeah, up our bodies, yeah. um, you can actually manipulate the outcome far more simply. But it yeah. is possible to actually change the DNA inside your cells and have the future versions of those cells, the copies of those cells that are made, um, carry the new code. So then stem cell research, <clears throat> is that kind of going to su- su- support the acceleration of 
of what CRISPR and the DNA stuff's doing. I'm like, I know stem cell research goes a long way for autism, but they seem to take it out of one area and put it in another area. How much do you know about that? Are those two kind of tying together, there, or is this a completely different field of, te- of technology? It is, it is a different field. <coughs> I mean, they are linked in that, um, you know, stem cells still carry your DNA. But what yeah. stem cells are, that it's a specific type of st- uh, cell um, that a fetus is made up of. So yeah. there's a very specific point um, in the development of a fetus where cells start changing from stem cells into other types of cells, whether it's okay. heart cells or muscle cells or eye cells. So that's the whole idea cells. of growing things, replacing things, right? right. Rather than tweaking the DNA strand. So the stem cell therapy is particularly interesting, and this has a huge impact on the future of sapiens um, and what we will be able to do as humans because with – with stem cell research now, we've figured out how to take cells so they could take a scraping of your skin mm. and then revert them back into stem cells. These are called pluripotent stem cells. So they can actually cause them to become stem cells and then provoke them into becoming another type of cell. So they could take. You're kidding me. No, this is already. So it really doesn't matter what type of. You can build a liver. Just because you've got that exactly stem right. cell capability. And in fact, they have done this. <clears throat> oh my God. So what they do is they make a biodegradable scaffolding in the shape of a liver. Yeah. They take plurip- um, skin cells off of a person, revert them back into stem cells, push them into becoming liver cells, and then they grow it in a nutrient bath around the scaffolding, and they grow you a new liver. So this stuff has not been done in humans, but it has been done in uh, wow. lab animals as test, and the science is there. So the the beautiful thing about this is you end up with a liver, or and recently they've done a human heart. They grew a human heart that they could start up and continue yeah. beating. Um, you could have a transplant of an organ that is you. There is no rejection, no rejection. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets rid of all of that. <clears throat> the other thing that they're doing with stem cells that's absolutely fascinating is – uh, stem cells can be caused to regrow um, neural tissue, which is the big so uh, the Alzheimer's the, problem, right? Um, which is the, the, that, the that's in the brain. Tissue. But I mean, if you think about someone who has a spinal injury yeah. and ends up as okay. a quadriplegic yeah. or a, repair it, you can repair it. Um, it's possible. And then what they've seen with um, uh, with tests done with lab rats and so on is. Um, the the nerve endings regrow, but the wiring is wrong. Um, so when a when a rat's trying to move its left foot, for example, its right thigh will kick up or whatever. Okay, yeah, but what yeah. happens is the brain is extremely plastic. The word they use yeah, is plastic, which yeah. means it's um, it, it's able to reconstruct the way it processes information extremely effectively. So it takes the rat uh, days. To start to learn how to walk again, and within a few weeks, it's walking. See, I mean, I've got a theory around the the, the, the workings of the brain and quantum science, right? Oh yeah. So, like, again, it's it's you know that crazy way out, putting out good karma and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff that we really don't understand what's going on in our brain, mm. and if we're able to <clears throat> rewire our brains, mm. and then I think about what we're doing with con- quantum computing, mm. those two worlds are very different worlds. But when you start mashing them together. Maybe the brain is actually a quantum computer. There's a, a, a field of science that's starting to explore these ideas mm. that, um, you know, there are quantum effects that happen at the cellular level that have a huge impact on how our, um, how our biology and how our world actually functions. But this is a very much emergent uh, yeah, research as far as I understand. I mean, like, who were we talking to? Uh, Brett Comal. I mean, he's been reading also another book. can't remember what it was about, but essentially what we know now as humanity is literally only a couple of percentage points of what's actually out there. And, and you think about what we actually know. So we started talking about CERN and <clears throat> the research that's been done there. And just from understanding how dark matter is formed, what that opens from a potential of, of a different field of research and knowledge yes. that we just have no idea about. Yes. So I've got a question, um, which has been kind of nagging at me as we start thinking about stem cells and we can start building them and maybe we use CRISPR to start shaping our DNAs to get the right kind of stuff that we want. It feels like we could be a computer. We effectively are. That's what DNA is. It's code. We are we are biological machines, and the DNA is the code that tells the machine how to work. And our brain's the storage. But what made me think about it is it's the work that they're doing in actually storing uh, um, electronic storage in your DNA. 
So, so things it, like files <coughs> and it's a different thing. It, so, but I mean, surely the two could mash up somewhere along the no, line. No, I mean the the the, the way yeah. to understand it is that a strand of DNA is literally bio, biological code. It's one hundred percent biological code. Um, so the last time I was on, we briefly uh, sort of touched on this: the idea that. Um, DNA, which is that double helix shape, it looks yes. like a step ladder that's yeah. been twisted. Um, the base pairs are the two rungs of the ladder that meet in the middle, and there's only four types of molecules um, that make up your entire DNA. And, and code is only two two characters, yeah, so right? So I mean, so, you think about the, the so human code is, is binary. Um, computer science stuff is binary. Okay. Um, the code of our DNA is um, quadratic, I guess. I don't yeah, know. And quantum computing is. Threefold, right? Three different. There's a, a zero, a one, and a and something in between, and a, and a both, and a both. Yes, it's different. So it's not. So so DNA is still um, binary in nature because there's four states that it can be. The the thing that makes quantum cu- computing so unique and interesting and so difficult to get your head mm. around is the state can be one. Or, or the other, or both simultaneously. Yes, that's right. That's where the mathematical weirdness comes in. And this is the stuff that happens at the quantum level, which we don't really understand yet, but it has these effects which make it extremely difficult to kind of figure out how our, um, how our universe actually is held together. And, but, you know, the interesting thing for me is, I think it was a, a quote by uh, Isaac Newton talking about uh, when somebody was talking about uh, the amazing achievements that he'd had, uh, had uncovered. He said that he was he did it only because he was able to stand on the shoulders of giants. And this is how science works: is you use discoveries to stand on top of in order to discover new stuff. Which uh, again, and I love that. I love it. It's <laughs> brilliant because I think of uh, Ray Kurzweil's law of acceleration, mm. and he talks about software in the same way, where he's like, "Well, use the latest tools, the best tools in the market to exactly. build even better tools." And a very profound statement. We're all like, "Wow, you're a legend!" But actually, this is a concept that we've been working on, and and at, as humanity forever for, for ages. Of right? course, it is. I mean, that, you, you go back to the sapiens story that yeah. we're talking about. The the physiological difference between you and I, and uh, a Homo sapiens from eighty thousand years ago is effectively zero. We're the mm. same. Mm. We haven't changed. 80,000 years on the evolutionary scale is nothing at all. That's half the time we've been on the planet, essentially. <coughs> they say that we've been on the planet as Homo sapiens for about 200,000 years. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you think about that in the context of uh, scientific advancement and the fact that we're able to uh, send people into space, man walking on the moon, and um, speak through these microphones which are connected via electrical signals that allow people on the other side of the and world are to ultimately it's reaching amazing. somebody through the air no, and no, it's Brett, all Brett, we we're not this we're is, not this, no one knows there's microphones here is this fake this is this is futurology my nanobots are making we're this just work. having a normal <laughs> and you made me wear this outfit for nothing <laughs> no one can see at least he's not wearing a pink jersey <laughs> yeah Justin Justin Kutzia. Kutzia. <laughs> Twice, three times, four times. Oh, a lady. <laughs> Maybe it's just a very comfortable jersey. It was. It, it did was. look pretty good. Yeah. He looked even more comfortable in your top. <laughs> yes. Well, snug. Mm, snug. And Sorry. We haven't okay. reached this clothes swapping part of the show yet, obviously. No, no. no. Is that a thing? Can we do that? Well, shall uh, we play the tunes? Question. <laughs> We're running so out we, of time. So you have none of us. Time is just a thing. It's just an essence, like a corporation or a, a <laughs> tribe. Story, yeah. Um, but say we have nanobots. I mean, I share apps with people. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have really intellectual nanobots or like um, Lance Armstrong. You're fascinated take, taking, over, taking his blood. I'm really fascinated, fascinated over because, nanobots, right? No, it's, it's this idea of being able to do something more than just communicate. You can, you can take out experiences from me, let's say. I mean, who knows what these things can yeah. actually do in the future. But take some of my blood. You We transfuse. If it's safe enough, mm-hmm. but you're more you're after my nanobots more than my blood, mm. and then without me having to tell you the last ten years of my life, you just know. Wow, you wouldn't have to yeah. transfuse blood. I mean, the idea with um, we just high five, <laughs> high fives really start to mean something. <laughs> no, Boom. you wouldn't. You wouldn't even have to. I mean, the first steps toward this is the neural lace com- or, or Neuralink company that. Uh, Elon Musk, Musk is working mm. on yeah, yeah. now the, the CEO of. Trying to get um, past the analog, analog output, right? And the idea here is 
from an information perspective, you want to know something about another person. At the moment, you've got this analog problem, which you described earlier. With I have thumb. to sit and talk you've to you. You've got to type or, like, yeah. yes, I will see you at noon. Yeah. Send. I will see you best at Poon. Yes. Great. Damn, you autocorrect. Yes. <laughs> no more autocorrect. No more autocorrect. Everything else is solved. So the idea with a neural lace, which is this uh, like a net, literally yes. a very fine net that sits over your brain and helps under- helps a computer on the outside understand the signals that are coming from your brain, and the two bits will start learning together. So your brain will start understanding how to use the technology, and the technology will start understanding how to understand your brain. Yeah. Um, those two things will work in concert to uh, deliver information from your brain to the internet. So the idea of a blood transfusion would be yeah. completely unnecessary. Because right? we would be doing it virtually. You'd just be able to digitally. let me know what you want me to know, and I would know it. Wow. Actually, that's a, a mind blow. But then we would, it would help me so much with my wife. But then we wouldn't be doing podcasts because all we do is be like, I really think I need to listen to the Futurology show. And then all of a sudden we'd be served at the Futurology show. With, the, all, with all of its inane nonsense that well, we sometimes I mean, bring he, it. It'll probably be filtered there. The stuff that, that I like, I obsess over with this is trying to figure out what the social and philosophical impacts of this is. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, and it's very easy to drop into Borg jokes here, a single hive mind kind of thing. Yeah. But if people have the ability to communicate at the speed that their brain works yeah. over Telepathetically, the air, it is Essentially. that. It's telepathy. Synthetic telepathy. And then telepathy. when you add three, four people into the mix, then how would that influence or impact our humanity? Mm. And these are At least amazing. the telcos will get a buy-in in the industry again. Yeah. That's a good point. <coughs> well, I'm just yeah. picturing a whole lot of likes. Like, like, like. <laughs> so, <laughs> thought, like, like. <laughs> you guys should watch Black Mirror. Really? Oh, I have. I have wow. Good? Mind blowing. Yes. Really. Okay. It Black explores Mirror. all of so the you, consequences of these kinds of ideas. Yes. That's great. It's brilliant. Fabulous. So the book we're talking about is the future. Uh, it's a TV series. No, the book is Future of Sapiens. And then no, Black so, Mirror is. So Black Mirror is a TV series. Um, yes. It's each, each episode is an individual kind of uh, sci-fi dystopian view of the future. Oh, and the wow. technology that Where we would have. social networks take us, for yes. instance? Oh, wow. It blows your brain away. It's really amazing. Black yeah. Mirror. Then that book is called A Brief History of Human Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. So that's cool. so that's that's looking at how we got to here, and then uh, the Homo uh, Homo, Ho- Homo Deus. Deus. That's his follow-up book, which is what the next uh, thousand years or whatever mm, is going to look like for humanity. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now there was a discussion about AI being the, and we're going to have a chat with uh, some guys from Intellect about mm. AI and all that. But this dis- this discussions around. AI being the last thing that humans ever need to invent, mm. um, because from there on, it go for it. AI. We don't have to invent anymore. Mm. But now, so that kind of separates us, and that's where we start fun discussions around automation and UBI and what 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 is our role in the world mm. as as humans. And it kind of lends lends itself to a lot of utopian discussion. Mm. Like, yeah, we get a lot of time off, mm. and uh, should robots be taxed? Because mm. hell. <laughs> they take my job. Yeah, they take my job, and somebody needs to pay for UBI. Um, but if you're going to have nanobots, you're going to have. I'm getting stuck on nanobots. I'm sorry, guys, but yeah, yeah, you're going to okay. have nanobots. It's okay. No, but you have nanobots. You're and never going to live it down. No, you're never going to live it that's down. That's awesome. From now on, I'm always going to ask you: the How s- are your nanobots? The smaller, the better. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, AI plus nanobots, nanobots inside us with their own AI. Who controls the robots or the robots controlling the humans? So the singularity, but now we're talking yes. about the Skynet vibe. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, whichever way this plays out, um, whether it's nanobots that are working together and are in communication with external computing that helps enhance you, or um, we upload our consciousness into a robot of our own, um, which gives us the thing, whichever way the it comes to do out. The, more, right? the, <clears throat> the point is that Whoa. these the the frameworks for the technologies that would enable that stuff are now here. So the that's, reason that's kind of the scariest thing as well is that we we keep is. looking for the future, but like it's it's now, people. It is now. the future is now, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> so so now is a perfect time to talk about this this concept of the singularity. Yes. So it's it's actually um, a word that comes from uh, astronomy, um, and it refers to. Either the starting point of the universe, which started as a singularity, which is a mathematical point in space, but it's also spoken about as being the heart of a a black hole. 
Um, and the reason it got transported into um, sci-fi thinking by this author called Werner, v- I don't know how you pronounce his surname, yeah. actually. Yeah, try it's, it. Try it. It'll v- be funny. Vinge. Vinge. V-I-N-G-E. Minge. Wenger. <laughs> Wenger. So I just well, to he say came Minge. up with this idea of the, the technological yeah. singularity based on the idea that there's a certain radius when you get close to a black hole where all information stops coming out. So you can't see what's going to happen anymore. But it was actually erroneously done because that's the event horizon. It's Gravity, not, time, not light, everything just, <laughs> just pulls all together. Yeah, so yeah. so when, when you reach the event horizon of a black hole, no more information can come out. So the gravitational pull is so strong that even light is pulled back. So the idea with the technological singularity is that whatever predictions we have now will reach a point where the, the, the speed of acceleration of technology goes vertical. Yeah, because the, of that exponential, exponential curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the point <coughs> at which the technological singularity is meant to happen. Where we, we are no longer needed, really. We just kind of coexist. It doesn't mean that. All it means is we cannot, with the tools we have at our disposal today, understand what will happen after that. But the, the scenario you yeah. painted now where AI building upon its own improvements – um, and escalating that at a faster and faster pace, it, it will become that. And the, so Ray Kurzweil's view of what the technological singularity is, is a point in time where the pace of change around us is happening so rapidly that unaugmented humans, so us as we sit now, yeah. will not be able to understand what's going on around us because the change is happening that rapidly. And that's 2045. The irony there. Say 2045. Yeah, I mean, you, you started talking about 150 people tribes. Mm. Now, as an augmented human with our phones right now, yeah, we'll know everybody well, by then. We could be part of multiple tribes. Mm. So I don't need to have one tribe, but I can be a part of a number of tribes. I can be, no. let's just let's assume the 150 number for a mm. while. So I can be in four tribes and be one of 450 people around me. Oh, sorry, four, 600 people around me. Assume then. The same sort of thing happens in the future. These augmented people are just, we're all into telepathing each other. We don't need to talk. We're just walking mm. around, maybe enjoying life, maybe. Mm. But you're going to get these unaugmented humans, and they'll be a tribe of their own. So it's one of the theories about so, what So we may go happen. backwards. Actually, yes. Well, it's one of the theories that, that may happen. I mean, you've seen um, Ethereum. Yes, the blockchain. No, Elysium. 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 The yes. movie Elysium. Yeah. The yeah. idea that we could effectively split humanity into two species is actually quite thoroughly explored by a lot of different uh, scientists and uh, sci-fi authors. Mm. So it could happen. Augmented humans will accelerate and improve uh, exponentially, and the unaugmented humans will not be able to. And then eventually will become a separate species. Well, what happens if you caught between? I quite like the idea of being really, really, really what? cool. When and you lose very, connection very, very at 45% upload, <laughs> blue screen. Hopefully yeah. Microsoft aren't doing the upload. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was Matt Damon in Edition. Yeah. That's what happens in between. Well, he was the in-between guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I think I'm as cool as Matt then. you always as cool as Matt. He has a picture of you on his wall. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> Matt wall. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> no, but... No, but yeah, but yeah, but no, but uh, that's it's tough to comprehend. It is, and I mean, this is the thing. It's My brain's broken. Yes. So for me, I mean, the way to kind of approach this and think about how to deal with this stuff going forward is just understand that as much as technology scares you, it is the path of humanity. This is the path we're on, and you have to embrace it. You have to embrace new technology and understand the benefit of it and su- suppress the fears. Because, but, but I see every single day as, as South Africans, we are terrified of fear, of change. You know, we just don't want to change. We fight it in every All single humans, way. But everybody does, yeah. Like, I mean, to embrace a change, like your us are, and our listeners are probably a very small set of humans that are passionate about driving this trend and change mm. and, and being part of it, right? Yeah. But we need to take everybody with us. It's a, I mean, there's it's, a big psychological kind of impact. We can't talk around. about universal basic income if not everybody has universal basic technology. And I think that's part of the solution mm. we've got to look at, right? Yeah. I mean, this, the fear of change is a basic 
um, instinct for human beings. We're doing a lot of movie references. Here. But awesome, does yeah. Sapien deal with this change factor? Is it just? It seems to me that it deals with it in the point of time and persuasion. I think Homo Deus does. So the, okay. the book Sapiens, he actually tries to answer a single question, mm. which is: if you look at all of human history, does does Homo sapiens have a direction? Is there a, th- a common theme throughout history? Mm. And he comes to a conclusion that there is. Okay, um, got it. And so I, you don't need to read the book then? You don't even know what the conclusion is because all we can do is speculate around that. Well, no, the conclusion's it, the next book. No, right? he's, taking, oh, Homo Deus, he's, yeah. t- yeah, he's taking the past up till today and, and his hypothesis is that there is a clear direction. Um, sh- I don't know if I should tell you. I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm spoiling the book. But everyone no, 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 I've told no, to read it can't get through it. I don't know why. What? No ways. So, I, I can't brilliant. put it. I've brilliant. got the audiobook. I, I, every time I'm by myself, I've got my headset on. Well, until I read it, you two are the most amazing humans I've met mm. today. <laughs> today. Yeah. Today. Oh, oh, I feel special. But you must know how many amazing people he meets. No, no. It's, it's a shitload. I see him a lot, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He is amazing. But yeah. Look, no, thanks, Brett. I mean, it's, yeah. it really is quite, quite crazy to, to think further than the bounds of what we know mm. now. I mean, to, to let our brains say, well, we know we can kind of get this way, but then to sort of like let it really go. Like forget blue sky. We're like black hole singularity thinking. Yeah, we've gone past the blue sky here. Right? And yes. the one thing that always gets me like, so we, we made a lot of movie references and mm. sci-fi versus mm. futurology. Mm. Like sci-fi is like, let's go wild. Let's, mm. let's literally, we don't need to be, we don't need to be credible. <laughs> we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to justify it to anybody. We can just go crazy. Let's just throw it out there. Futurology, however, needs to base itself in something that's actually happening. You know, th- yeah. I, d- I don't necessarily agree with you. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you, the thing I absolutely love about sci-fi yeah. is as a genre, it is specifically based on foundations of understood science. So if you That's read, why they all come true. Some of it. There's some crazy stuff out there. That's Th- yeah. Then it's fantasy. Exactly. And it switches Fly, into a, it's a new genre. It's a new genre. Yeah. So, <laughs> and look, I mean, you know, so to me, a movie series like Back to the Future is more fantasy than yeah. sci-fi because in in science, time travel is still considered to yeah. be impossible. Yeah. Right. So, But it's been you, mathematically proven to be true. Possible, at least. It's time. Did you see that? There was a recent article mm. that came out that said mathematicians have proven that time ta- time travel is mathematically possible. I haven't seen that. I will share it. Cool. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's really awesome. keen to yeah, that. that was a, that that's was inter- a, that sounds interesting. I saw it. and I was like, wow, that's well done, Facebook. You served me something worth reading. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I, I could only make it go back in time, and I can get the rest of the stuff so, that. So the reason I haven't seen it is because I'm not on Facebook. That must be it. Yeah, I'll WeChat it to you. Awesome. There we go. <laughs> and you can, we can share it. Thanks, man. No, but, uh, it's, it is cool. And I think one of the things that gets me though is, is we always want to think about the dystopian or utopian view of the future from where we are at. What happens when 150 tribes of 150 people rise up against technology? Well, I, I think, what, you know, the, the story of history, uh, shows basically that rising up against technology doesn't work. It's technology that's won war for thousands and thousands of years. That's the nu- nuclear bomb. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how many spears or yeah. stones you throw. Yes, exactly. Because you can't actually hit the cloud. Mm. Word, word sure can hurt you. Yes. Because mm. it's a story. You see where I'm it's going story. with this? Yeah. This has it's been an amazing story. Stones. I've got it. Yeah, you got it. Was that a 2001 reference? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> okay. So... We're at the end of the hour. Yeah. Or close enough to it. Okay. But if it's relative, then maybe we're just starting. I, so <laughs> I, must admit, I love it. As, as you did that, I was kind of thinking of 3D printing and stem cells again. Mm. Are stem cells like the organic form of 3D printing? Like, you're fascinated about yeah. nanobots, Brett. I'm fascinated about the stem cell stuff. Well, stem, Is there a combination stem- to accelerate stem cells because of 3D or clone print. them? No, they're they're complementary technologies. <clears throat> so you the the liver story we were speaking about yeah. earlier. Those um, there are companies making 3D printers that will actually print things in cells. But, but it it's the it's the the basis is still stem cells because um, you want your body to be able to accept whatever the. Then. So I'm not kind of fast-forwarding some of the things we spoke about actually in gamification, and that's virtual reality. But if, if, you, if you take virtual reality and you take sex, that means you can have all the sex you want in virtual reality and get your children printed. Is it is it cheating then? <laughs> <laughs> kind of seems lazy. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> do you want do you want one last mind-blowing yeah. idea? Yeah. Like this this will this will 
keep you awake tonight. No, I don't. I don't. I need to sleep. So the story of virtual reality, we're on a path right now. And this is not my story, right? This is a, a story uh, called the the uh, Ancestor Simulation Theory by Nick Bostrom. And yeah. uh, Elon Musk is a big fan of this. But the, the idea goes, would you agree that we are on a technology path where we will be able to recreate real experiences to a greater and greater degree of fidelity going forward? So virtual reality, the next becomes generation more and more real, more and more real. And eventually at some point in the future, synthetic reality. it becomes so real that you can't, you literally, your can't brain discern. can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. Do you that's, think we'll get there? That's wild. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger sure does. No, I'm not, this is yeah. half the story. No, so but you I have think, to, do you think we'll get there? Yes. I think given yes. the nature of yes. progress, yeah. even if it takes a thousand yeah. years, so we'll get there. Are we there now? Is yes. that your question? So, Fuck. what are the odds <laughs> that we are that not happens already tomorrow. there? Yeah. No, what are the odds no. that we aren't already in a simulation? <sighs> Matrix. And it turns out the odds are billions to one. We're just batteries. Because a thousand years on the time scale of the universe is nothing. We just it's broke nothing. basically. <laughs> no, that done. broke me. I'm yeah. done. I'm that done. Broke me. No, you know why it broke me? Because when I was six, I remember lying on the grass and I remember it used to freak me out. I watched the sky and I'd go, I feel like I'm in a dream. What happens if I'm actually in a dream? Mm. And I felt like, you know, if we talk about that, it kind of makes, and, and it's, you know, one of these childhood memories that still sits there and I'm going, and I got so stressed about it. I thought, oh my God, I'm stuck in a dream. I'm, I'm never so going to wake up. the worst part of this is when you start looking at some of the foundational principles of quantum mechanics, one of the weird, weird effects that happens is it seems that when we get to sub subatomic particle levels. So this is leptons and muons and gluons and so on, the, the bits that make protons. You make his shit up. Yeah, I know. He's just um, made up a whole lot of words. When it comes to the movements of those particles, there is um, evidence to suggest that some of those particles actually don't exist until we observe them. <gasps> oh, yeah, I read about that. So what this is... Is exactly does how a bear shit in the woods kind of idea. If a, if, a, if a tree falls down and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make yes. a noise. But if you think about it, this is exactly how computer-generated VR worlds work. Yeah. Yes. You don't render everything. You only render what the viewer is looking at because it's computationally efficient. So the Grungtonian being that is actually surveilling all of humanity at this point, Another do you think word. he gets a glitch on his screen when people are actually gathered like this and talking about the thing that is actually the thing? And shuts us down. And it's like, oh, shit, they're on to us. <laughs> the, the best question I've had about this, I was chatting to a friend about this exact concept, and then the question was, if that's the case, what's the win state for this game? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> Well, you know, I actually know what it is. Maybe it's like Far Cry, where you just have a lot of space to keep running around indefinitely. Just, just randomly just, just, shoot things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but don't you hit escape, and then you get a menu bar? Oh, yeah. So surely the escape is like a bang on the head. <laughs> it's like a concussion, bang. I was about to say. Oh. Ah, great. And I can see my score. I can see what you guys Maybe are car accidents aren't an accident. <gasps> Maybe big storms in Cape Town aren't an accident. <laughs> big storms in Cape Town. And maybe the Anyone's fact that Donald Trump and Jacob Zuma are presidents of countries is not an accident. <laughs> it's just a, having it's fun. It's a script. Did you it's ever, a story. Yeah, did you ever play uh, The Sims? It's yes. that. It's the kid who's playing the game we're all in. It's like him dropping the... The T-Rex onto the city to watch it stomp through. Yeah, <laughs> it took us 52 minutes to get completely surreal. But you know what? I think it's actually a good point to finish because next week's show is about the future of gaming. Yeah, and we've just finished the future of humanity. Sadly, realize that the purpose of life is just a we just someone's game. game. We're just in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Game over. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for, for listening. Listening to us, I think it's been absolutely fabulous, Brett. You yes. have blown our minds. Thank you, Thanks, Brett. You are, you are by far the cleverest Brett in this room. Definitely. Oh, that's very sweet of you guys. And, and we're squaring ourselves here. Oh, <laughs> yes. we have to. That's the way. Brett squared. <laughs> But thanks for having me on the show. No, again. thank it's you very much. We look forward fun. to having you again when Homodeus is a thing we can discuss. Actually, yes. we should do that, right? I need, to, I need to read that book. I haven't yes, got to read it. Yes, me too. All right. No. Okay. No, excellent. Till then. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please follow us on at Futurology Show. And till next week when life is not just a game, but we talk about gaming. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.